0: This is Cammy, And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number eight. Money, 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 money. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about money. Did you guess?
1: <laughs> I had no idea.
0: <laughs> so my son really doesn't like that part of the podcast, just so you guys know. Why? Oh, he Why? thinks I do well because, you know, I'm not cool. I guess Mama's not cool. But I'm going to tell you what. Mama knows how to make money. <laughs> there you go.
1: Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Kami Hoiza. In this
0: podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? Yeah, we're talking about money and how to measure the ROI of your community. And that sounds almost like an oxymoron, right? Like trying to put a price tag on your community because communities are priceless.
1: So how do you know you've been successful at building a community that supports your business goals?
0: That is such a great question. And there's a couple of ways you can measure it two ways really that I want to talk about today that I think we should talk about today. Are you up for these two ways, which are Let's revenue yeah, revenue generating activities and influencing generating activities? So revenue generating and influence generating. In other words, top of wallet and top of mind.
1: I like that a lot. So tangibles are going to be your revenue generating activities, what you're calling top of wallet. I love how you say that. So what are some of these tangibles?
0: Well, the first one that I think is really important are referrals, because if you live in a business like we do, that's an online business or any business, you live and die by your referrals. Even if you're a brick and mortar business, you're going to live and die by your referrals. So you're going to want to look for how often people are referred to you because of the community that you are working in. So there's a couple of ways to measure that. One is affiliate partnerships. Those are people that may or may not be in your community, but that bring people to your community, people that recommend you. And I was just talking about this with you before you have a Twitter smarter online course. And the likelihood is I won't take it because I've been doing Twitter for a really long time. I got on Twitter in 2007. I've run online communities on Twitter and chats and over the years done all those kinds of things. But when people ask me, hey, I really want to learn Twitter. I want to learn how to get the best out of it. I always say you need to go and take Madeline's course because that's going to help you to get everything that you need. So those referrals can be done in a way that's called affiliate partnerships. And why don't you talk a little bit about how you do that? Because you use that method all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's a great way to generate revenue by having the ability to either with your own courses or your products and services, let people be an affiliate. So if they recommend, they refer you, they use a special link, you pay them a commission, you pay them a percentage. It's also very popular when you speak at conferences and events where many times they will provide you with an affiliate code. I just spoke at Agents of Change And uh, I had somebody that came out there that heard about it from me and she used the special link that I provided. So I'm going to get a little commission out of that, which is really cool because it adds up to a nice stream of income if you're doing this regularly for other companies, other businesses. But then on the flip side, if your thing is to provide this for, you know, whatever it is that you're offering. I mean, there's two sides to this coin for sure. Right. You know, the provider and the providee, you know? So yeah, I I appreciate number one that you offer, you know, recommend my course and I should definitely give you an affiliate code for that. Remind me, Cammy, to do that for you. Cause I, I, you know, many times when, you know, somebody like me, like I want to give back to people that do that for me, but I know somebody like you You're doing it because you want to help. And I do the same thing. I'm the same way. But affiliate is something that there's, I mean, it's like a whole can of worms. We could have a whole episode just about this because there's so much you can do with it.
0: Oh, my goodness. And by the way, we will have an episode about that. So see, that's the great thing about these podcasts is as we're talking, we figure out what we're going to talk about next. We
1: get ideas. Yeah. Yeah, we do.
0: And I do like that you're talking about it being both ways because as a community member, you can recommend other people into the community and actually get A little bit of revenue from that too. So, uh, as long as you disclose that you're doing that, that's the other part is you do have to disclose that you're doing it for a revenue share. But affiliate partnerships are a great way to get some revenue and also share revenue, but people bring in that revenue from their community to your community. So, that's another way to get that. Joint venture partnerships are also similar, a little bit like what we're doing and also what I'm doing with Texas Travel Talk, which is our community that we're building throughout the state of Texas for travel in the state of Texas. It's very niche, right? That's a very niche audience and a very niche thing. And my partner in that joint venture partner is Fran Stevenson. And she has a lot of amazing connections throughout the state in the travel industry. And, you know, on the other side, we have a lot of influencer relationships that are already in place. And by putting those two things together, we're able to have like this really great business model. So bringing other things to your team that maybe you don't have, you know, other skills. So like, if you're a developer, maybe you're not great at marketing. So why don't you get a joint venture partnership with a marketer and then you can work together. So, you know, you can like shore up your your weaknesses too with these joint venture partners as well. So that's another way to look at how to measure your ROI is that if you bring that in, that person in, do you now have a viable business model where you didn't before? So that's at the very top level. And it can
1: really boost you, you know your community because like an example I can give you is I've worked with a variety of business owners where they bring me in to do a webinar with their community talking about Twitter marketing. And what happens many times is that these people now come sign up to be part of my community. So it's a great way to boost your community by getting with the right people to do this. Like, you know, people that are like-minded, people in businesses where, you know, may like you were saying, like maybe businesses where maybe it's not your area of expertise. I've done this with small business owners, with people that have really interesting communities that are not quite the same as mine, but I have something to bring to the table.
0: Yeah. And it's even like what we're doing here with Communities That Convert Podcast. I don't think I'd do a podcast if it wasn't for you because you understand all the technical pieces of it. And I just didn't have the time to invest into figuring that out. I love coming on and teaching. Teaching is my thing. I like to teach. So that's awesome. But you know, you do a lot of the technical direction for the show. um, Let's just be honest. I love tech. (laughs) I know you're the tech lady. And I love it. And I'm not afraid of tech. But I just think that, you know, our two different abilities together make, you know, a superpower. So I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're a superpower. And then new clients is another way to measure how things are going. And that's just very straight up. You know, how many leads are your community bringing in? By the way, that means you need to have a call to action. And we'll talk about our call to action later in this episode as well. But you have to bring that together and start counting those leads. How many leads are you getting through your calls to action? Are people signing up for your list? That's one way to look at it. And from that list, how many people are converting to whatever you're selling? Ultimately, aside from the community that you're in, if you're selling access to the community, how many people are joining the community? How much money does it cost you to acquire them? They call that the cost of acquisition. That becomes really important when you start doing ads like Facebook ads and other things like that as well. But it is important anyway. Your time means something. We talked about that in episode seven. So please go back and listen to that. The cost of running a community you need to look at that cost against how many leads and so forth are coming in. And then you can kind of see. You know, if a hundred people sign up for my email list, you know, maybe 10 of those will convert to some kind of product. So then you can start to know, well, hey, if I want to sell a hundred widgets or a hundred courses or a hundred whatevers, I need a thousand people to join the list. Yeah. So I think those are the kinds of things that you need to kind of keep together and really understand whenever you're putting together your ROI model. So episode seven, definitely go back and look at that. Right. So what about current clients? Why are those important? in your community?
1: Yeah. Well, current clients are important because, you know, as a business, we need to have repeat business. Like that's so incredibly important. You're not going to always get new clients. And many times you're going to get business from going back to your current clients, your previous clients, looking at people you've done business with to help bring in more income to you. So that's always really important to look at. Is that something that you do regularly? In your business?
0: Yes, no, I totally do. In fact, I am going to actually have to go look. But I just got offered this really cool tool that's going to allow me to keep in touch with people, so I can actually go through my Gmail contacts list and I can star them or something, and then it will tell me, "Hey, you haven't talked to so and so in a while." So oh, that, That's a really cool way to do it. You know, it's just to keep in touch with those people because as your network grows, it gets harder and harder to keep in your brain by itself without some help. How you do it? So having a list of people, your older clients, maybe the ones you haven't done business with in a while and going back to them either on LinkedIn or through email or on social media and interacting with them on a regular basis. Also with your community, as you're out there and being visible, those clients will see you being visible as well. And that's really great. So if you're connecting with them, like say on Facebook, the algorithm's all about how recently did you connect with people? So if you've connected with them on a regular basis, when something comes up that you're doing, it's going to show up in their feed. Whereas if you don't, it won't. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think those are, that's one really important reason, especially on social media to keep in touch with clients through social media. And certainly when they, you want to be top of mind whenever they need that service, because no matter if they worked with you in the past or whatever, whenever they're right in that moment, they need their, they have a need they want met right away they're going to take the fastest and easiest solution right off the shelf as quickly as they can and they may or may not think of you unless you have made an effort to be at the top of their mind they're like oh i know somebody who can do that boom but if you've it's been like a year since you've talked to them and you know they're kind of in the back mirror they're not going to use you they're not going to talk to you
1: right absolutely so. and then we also want to nurture our previous clients right mm-hmm. the people that we've worked with in the past and just like what you're saying being seen with Current clients and previous mm-hmm. clients. That's they kind right. of go hand in hand, really. They, do.
0: they are kind of the same thing, except for, you know, yeah. current clients obviously are, are paying you right now and you want to right. be bringing value to them on a, on a regular basis. And if you have a community building strategy, your community building should bring value to your current clients because it should all work together, right? It should all right. work together. So that's really important. Another way to measure your uh, ROI is through ad revenue. You know, if you have like some real estate on the internet, are you putting ads on it? Are you nurturing that through AdSense? Or do you have ads running on YouTube for yourself? You know, there's some things like that you can look at too. Banner ads. So as much as we like to think that advertising is in the back, the backfield, really advertising still is pretty important. It runs the internet at the moment. That's the financial model at the moment, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. And then there's courses and online products yes. that we sell, which yes. uh, is also uh, another way. I love doing online classes. I think this is a, a great tangible to do. And then there's things like Patreon and and Kickstarter. I'm a big fan of Patreon. Ha- have you been using that? Have you gone down that road yet? Like no, Patreon? no.
0: I, you know... I haven't, and I I I think it's a cool idea. I mean, we used to yeah. have tip jars back in the day. I remember the uh-huh. tip jar days. I never actually used one of those, but I do think it's a great way to go. And I, I love how different people are using the model. I know that you've used it before. Why don't you tell us what it is?
1: Yeah, so Patreon is really cool. Like we're all familiar with Kickstarter, and Kickstarter is a way to help fund somebody's thing, right? Like it's a one-time thing, right? Patreon is a way to help fund somebody's thing on a regular basis. So you could do it either monthly where you give a dollar a month, $5, $10, whatever amount you're comfortable with, or it could be set up per thing. So like we look at our good friend, Kirsten Oliphant, who we love to talk about on this podcast, don't we? We're going to invite her
0: on, right? Are we going to invite her on soon? Yes,
1: she is confirmed to be on. She's going to be our first guest, like our actual guest that we bring on. I'm so excited. Uh, But she always makes a great example in some of the things we talk about. So she's doing Patreon, but she's doing it in an interesting way. She's doing it where you pay per thing. So that means every time she puts out her podcast, which is every week, so four times a month. So if I want to pay a dollar per, well, I should say per podcast. They use uh, some interesting terminology there at Patreon. But if I do a dollar per podcast episode and I expect her to do four a month, then I can expect to pay $4 a month. But the interesting thing is you could also say, hey, cap it at this dollar amount per month. So that way, if you go a little, little podcast crazy this month and you do five or six, Maybe I don't want to pay for each one of those. So it's an interesting platform. It's a great way to get some funding in. And you don't have to do the higher dollar amount like with a Kickstarter. So, you know, something as low as a dollar, you can help support someone. It's popular with musicians and artists. I'm doing mine for my podcast, my Twitter Smarter podcast. I definitely recommend everybody check it out. Patreon.com.
0: And it doesn't have to be just for a podcast. It can be for a number of different things that you could do it with. And you can offer certain things with it, because I know that Kirsten is also offering promotion inside of her podcast for people who are at a certain level. So I think, you know, that's something to be thought about, too, if you want to get some visibility on her podcast. But, you know, it's it's a great way for her to give something back to the people who are giving to her. And usually with Patreon, don't you give them something a little extra, a little lanyap, if you will, if they're able to do it. And by the way, lanyap is a nice little... New Orleans term that I picked up when I, love I lived here. Great um, word. It just means a little extra something. So I love that lanyup idea with Patreon, where if they do that, they get that little extra something because they they become really a super fan for you.
1: Right, right. Well, based on what the dollar amount somebody contributes, you're offering something in return. So like, you know, if you just do a dollar with me, then you'll be added to a special feed there at Patreon where I can share news, I can share information, share things of value that you'll have access to that the general public will not. And the higher the dollar amount you contribute, the more things I'm going to offer you. So yeah, it's a great way to do this. And I definitely recommend to check out Kirsten's, we'll put links in the show notes to mine, to hers. Maybe you'll get one going and we'll put a link to (laughs) yours in there as well.
0: (laughs) I think I need one for like the sound equipment for social media breakfast. (laughs) I need new sound equipment, but there it goes.
1: And it's a great way to bring in money for that. You know, we should um, do an episode where I share with everybody and we'll use you as a case study of like how something as simple as that, like how can you raise some much needed funds to help cover that expense? And getting like, just imagine everybody in that room every every month. If every one of them contributed a dollar, wouldn't that be super helpful towards uh, funding that? Or five dollars, or ten dollars? It's so doable. So I can show you how to do this, and we can make this an episode. It'd be a lot of fun.
0: It'll also be like a psychology episode: how can we got over asking people for money. Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the part that's hardest to overcome yeah. is asking your community for money. So yeah, we could turn that into a whole episode of. You know the whole psychology of asking your community for money. And we could talk with Kirsten about how, how well that's working with her and maybe invite other people that are using Patreon and getting their two cents on it.
0: Cool. That's awesome. So those are some of the very tangible ways that you can get money and measure your money. Certainly there are some intangible ways too. I mean, certainly for Communities, then the size of your community is not nearly as important as what they're doing, right? So I think a lot of people say, well, we've got 5,000 people in our community, but what are they doing? Are they buying things from you? Or are they purchasing? So you want to look at the percentages that they have. Are they per- the percentage of your community that's purchasing from you? Those are the kinds of stats you want to keep your eye on. But there's some intangibles too that come from building a really awesome community. And the intangibles, I know you both, you and I have been very fortunate to benefit from. And, you know, one of the first ones, which, hey, you just came back from one of these right now is people invite you to come speak both paid and unpaid speaking engagements happen, they ask you your opinions. So that'd be number one was invitations to speak and get some visibility. So what do you think about that? Why is it's that important? A especially unpaid w- ones? Why, why it's unpaid a great
1: ones? way to get visibility. And you know, so many times when people are first starting out, they go and they take every unpaid speaking event they can because it's a great way to build up visibility, to get seen and heard as people really grow the, their business, they get a name for themselves, they'll usually only take paid gigs, which is understandable. I do a mix of both. You know, for me it just depends on what the event is, is it worth my time? You know, what's the community about? So I just came back from speaking at Agents of Change conference in Portland, Maine. And it was a great conference. And it gave me the ability to get seen and heard from a whole new group of people. The people that attend are mostly people in the Portland, Maine area. And I am not known up there in those parts. So this and was a great parts, way. And them, parts. <laughs> them parts. And them parts. They don't know me up there. So this was a great way to get much needed visibility over there. And And it was just a good, fun time and having the opportunity to connect with other speakers. You know, that's one of the great benefits, too, that you got to think about is that especially if you're like trying to decide, do I want to do an unpaid speaking gig? Well, who else is speaking? Because if you're a speaker, you're going to have that opportunity to connect with the others. One of the great things about Agents of Change Conference is the night before, it's just a one-day conference, the night before, they took all of us speakers out to dinner just speakers, no spouses, no assistants, just the speakers. An amazing way. I got to hang out with Jay Bear, Sue B. Zimmerman, Vivica Von Rosen, Peg Fitzpatrick, a whole laundry list of who's who and how amazing to like be right in front of them and be in there as an equal. So that was a, a big benefit right there.
0: Yeah, it is. And if you wonder where you get these joint venture partnerships and things to happen, that's really where it is. You know, you go to these conferences as a speaker and you meet the other speakers there. I mean, I've been doing this for years. I mean, this has been my lately less so because my kids, but even now I speak probably, oh, I don't know, seven to 15 times a year, depending on what's going on, right? Sometimes locally, sometimes in the state, sometimes paid, sometimes not paid, and i look at each gig as a possibility for what is what are the connections that can be made there and that is so important to understand and even if you're not a speaker going to one of these conferences and then making the most of it by meeting people while you're there that's how you get to that level eventually you know it's as you stepping start to do that, it is yeah
1: yeah i mean sure. like social media marketing world you can't just expect to become a speaker you have to first show yourself they want to see you there as a participant they want to see you networking they even do Believe it or not, they do a little workshop, a little mini workshop on how to become a speaker here at Social Media Marketing World. So it's a great way to get in front of the people that are the decision makers for that event. So, which is super smart.
0: That is smart. And then the next thing I have on this list is invites to guests on chats and podcasts. And certainly, you know, we know about that. So, you know, getting an invitation to be a guest on a podcast or on a chat, like a Twitter chat is a really big deal. Because that helps to get you in front of an audience that you wouldn't have to otherwise. And guess what? You don't even have to leave your house usually.
1: That's right. That's what makes it so great is that you do it from the convenience of your home or your office, wherever it is that uh, you like to be at when you're doing online things. And uh, it's a great way to get visibility. Like my Twitter Smarter Chat, you've been a guest on that chat before. What a great way to get high visibility through Twitter for an hour. It's amazing.
0: Oh, it is. It's been great. And, you know, in that case, I'll just be really honest. I mean, I don't have to run a Twitter chat every week for like years to get that visibility. I mean, certainly I don't get the visibility you do for running that chat every every week, which you should, but certainly your guests also, your community looks at them and decides, you know, do we like this person or not? And if your community responds well to a guest, what is your likelihood to invite them back? That's the question.
1: Oh absolutely. But you know what's really great is that when someone comes on as a guest, they're going to instantly get a whole bunch of new followers from True. the community. They're going to get all that visibility. We had a guest on yesterday who has a free course and so I promoted that because I want to help, you know, I want to share this information. So there's so many benefits for that guest. So if you have something you don't go on there to sell, but it's okay to ask the host, you know, hey, can I give something away for free? She actually gave us a discount code also for a paid course, so that was super cool.
0: Yeah, and and of course, it would be really cool to see how that converted for her. I'd love to know. Maybe you should ask. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a little too soon. I was hoping to have some information in time for this recording, but it's just a little too soon considering it was yesterday. But yeah, because you definitely want to see how does that convert. You know, was it worth her coming on and spending time? I mean, if it's a great chat like my Twitter Smarter, yes. Anybody I invite you should definitely come on because you're going to get a lot out of it because we have a great community.
0: You do. You have an amazing community on that thing. So I love it. I love it. I love those. I love you guys, whoever's out there and you're one of the Twitter smarter people. Yeah. I love you guys. So that's another intangible is getting those kinds of invitations. Um, Another one is interviews and media appearances. And I get those a lot here in town too. You know, the media calls me up and asks me to give my opinion on the latest social media thing, Or whatever. And then you become sort of well known in the area for being someone who is knowledgeable in these things. Um, I think about Fred Goodall, for example, here in Houston, he's on an afternoon talk show a lot for NPR here in Houston, uh, Houston Public Media. And people are like, Oh, it's Fred Goodall. And you know, we know him. But it's really cool to hear him on the radio because it's like, I know that guy. And so people hear you. It's always cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: cool when people say, hey, I heard you on the radio this morning because, you know, I I know we both get invited like KTRH radio is, uh, you know, they're always calling me up, recording my two cents on some crazy social media topic, usually, usually something that sounds very clickbait, but it's always fun to participate. And, uh, you know be get seen as you know we get seen as uh, the experts here in Houston which is fun and uh, just like you I get invited to other media around the country around the world I've been on uh Al Jazeera TV talking about Twitter's 10 year anniversary last year that was amazing to be on an international TV program you figured you arrived when you get invited to be on international TV that was really cool
0: yeah I know that is a great thing and So media appearances are great and you can actually become known for that and you can actually reach out to the media and tell them, you know, I have some ideas around this and start to show up where they're at and not be super annoying, but give them some ideas of who you are. So if you start becoming known, they're going to ask you for your opinion and that's going to get you even more media coverage and then lists and links. Okay. So one of the the ways that we kind of know each other too is through the um, Houston top 20 power influencers list, which now you kind of run on your blog, although that wasn't your original thing, but lists become really important because if people know you, they might put you on a list and then you'll get some knowledge and followers through that too. Right. right. So,
1: so there's a couple of ways this is done. So like we're ranked, there was a ranking system that mm-hmm. says, you know, here are the top 20 in Houston based on different criteria. And I took it over from Eric Tung. He used to run that. And basically just put it together is what he was doing. So I took that over because I wanted to see that continue on year after year, because it's actually a great way to bring us all together here yeah, in Houston, it is. Uh, which is really, really cool. And then there are lists and, and invitations to come, like be part of a group of people that are like, hey, we're going to ask you a question, please give us your answer. And it's like a roundup post. And those are always nice to participate in. Uh, Social media examiners had me on several times with these roundup posts. I've been on a variety of others, and it's a great way to get seen and heard and help build up your community just by being out there so much. I mean, I'm I'm sure people see you the same way they see me out there, Kimmy, like just being so visible. And it's things like this that we're talking about. These intangibles are not difficult to do. They don't cost you anything. Yeah, you are highly visible, and that will lead to other things.
0: Well, and as I said, you know, you gain visibility through visibility. Yes. yes. So, I mean, it sounds really obvious, and of oh, duh. Well, of course, but you're visible so if true. you're visible. But yeah. it's a ladder effect, or a you know, echo effect, or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. you know, as you become a part of a community, and you do all the things that we talked about in episode four, by the way, which was getting the most out of participating in a community go back and listen to episode four. And you don't have to be like famous or amazing to start getting these benefits. You can be a part of a community, come in, be really super helpful and start to show people your expertise through your helping. And by doing that, people are going to start to come to you. And then once you have that, then, Hey, maybe the community leader will say, Hey, you're this is such a really great area for you. You obviously have a lot of expertise in this area. And then they're going to collaborate with you, which is one of our other intangibles. They're going to say, hey, come do a collaboration with me. Why don't you come talk to the community about, I don't know, say you're a developer and maybe app development is your thing. And you can come talk to my community about how to build an an app for your community. You know, that would be really cool. So if you're out there and you're a developer, call us because we are not developers. (laughs) But my point is, is that, you know, those kinds of collaborations are amazing. And you can turn those intangibles like collaborations and so on into tangibles because that brings people in. I was asked to be on a, basically a social media week kind of thing with um, Donnell Winningham a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. And during that time I came on and I spoke into her private community. We did a live stream into Facebook, into her community on different topics. And I was talking about Um, growth hacks for women and sort of the things I do with growth hacks. And I got 50 people that signed up for my list from that. 50. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, that's awesome because those people, and hopefully some of you are listening to this podcast today, came into my sphere and now we can get to know each other. And then I can find out about them and what their kind of things are, their superpowers are. And then guess what? Maybe out of that group, three or four of them are going to be people that have great collaborative Opportunities with me, and then we can collaborate and then it goes on from there. So it's like ripple effect. you know from Donnell I get you know I work with a piece of her community and then and we work out from there and pretty soon that's how you grow a huge thriving community that brings in lots of leads and lots of money over time that works for everyone. you know it's not you taking from somebody else. it's you helping each other and giving great value and as you give great value, making great money too. So those are the, I don't know. That's what's exciting to me about this.
1: It's awesome. It's so great. I mean, I think the takeaway is, you know, be open to opportunities because you never know where they're going to lead. And you got your tangibles and your intangibles and they all work together. Top of wallet, top of mind. I love that. So how do we measure? What, What are the tools to measure all of this?
0: Well, there's a lot of tools. Okay. So let's start by saying the first thing you want to do is ask people, where do they hear about you? Remember that this is just a person-to-person thing as well. It doesn't have to be technology. You can just ask them. But on the technology side, on my um, webpage, when people sign up on my form, I actually have a nice little drop-down list that says, "Where did you hear about me?" So I'll ask them. If you don't want to put that on your original form for people to, um, like, say, get on your podcast or whatever, that's fine. But later, be sure you go back and ask them. You know those kinds of questions. Where did you hear about this? Where did you go? Because those kinds of metrics are going to help you to know where to invest your time. Because you'll see where you're having that. You also want to have a a spreadsheet. I hate to say this, right? But you want to look at the costs that you have. And we talked about those as well in our last episode about what was the cost to run a community. Keep track of your costs and look at them against how much money you're bringing in. So make sure you look at them against each other. So you can't say, I brought in $10,000. Well, half of that goes to affiliates. Half of that was something that you, the, the money that you spent for Facebook ads and for setting up the website and for doing all that. So yes, you made $2,500. You got to subtract out your costs from the actual money. So make sure you do that. Otherwise, you know, people that are in the know will know, you, know you're not telling the truth. <laughs> um, so <laughs> right. do that. Look at your profit. And that's really what your profit is. It's your gross income or all that money that comes in minus the cost to run something and your labor costs. Take them out. You can also tag your links. So like if you're sharing things through communities, even if you use Bitly, that's great because you can go back to Bitly and see how many people clicked on that. But if you want to go all the way back to the website level, you can code your links. And what I mean by that is, you know, those big, really long URLs that you see on like websites and they say UTM, blah, blah, blah. you'll see like the regular, you know, com forward slash, and then you'll see a question mark. And anything past that question mark is what we call a tagged link. And all of that stuff is so that when it gets to Google Analytics or whatever your analytics program is, hopefully you have Google Analytics because it's free, it goes there and you can look on Google Analytics and know exactly how many people came in through that link. And then you can set up a funnel in Google Analytics and know exactly how many of those people converted to like buying something, downloading something, whatever you decide to is a trigger for your. Back in. So I would say set up a trigger for a thank you page for a, a newsletter or for a, an email list, set up a thank you page for any kind of purchase that people can make on your site, including like a workshop or whatever it is you're selling or a thing. If, you know, if you're selling stationery or you're selling something like that, make sure that you have these links. And they, uh, we will put in the show notes, a really cool link to something called campaign URL builder that Google has. And you just put your... URL in there and it makes you a nice one of those nice big links. And then you can shorten it with bit.ly and it doesn't ruin your link. So that's nice. Yeah. It's some cool stuff. That's very
1: helpful. That's a very helpful tool.
0: So action. Action, baby. What action should these guys take? I think we're gonna talk a, a little bit here about how they can start to build relationships, but I don't know where people are in their their journey. But I would say maybe the best thing to do is to build a list of people that you think would be great for you to collaborate with? What do you think? I like
1: that. I like that a lot. So make a list ten people. of people to collaborate with. Yeah, ten. 10 sounds like a good round number. I like it.
0: And you know, they, don't have, they can be super famous or they can be just be friends of yours that you know that you think that you would do something great with. So think about 10 people that you could collaborate with on a community, whether you're starting one or you're in one. Say you're already in a community, look at the people that are already in the community you're in And see if there's people inside of that community that would be good to collaborate with. So make a list of 10 people and then reach out to at least two of them in the next week.
1: I like it. To set up a call. And don't be afraid to reach out to big people because, you know, my Twitter Smarter Podcast, the people that I interview are like top social media marketers. Well, when I launched that podcast two and a half years ago, they didn't know who I was. They know who I am now, but they didn't know me. And we're talking Pat Flynn, Kim Garst, Mark Schaefer. But you know what I did, Cammy? I sent them a tweet. Yeah.
0: And it worked.
1: And basically what did we do? We collaborated through a podcast episode. So, I don't want anybody listening to think that they can't reach for the stars because in this day and age with social media, you can reach top people through Twitter, through LinkedIn, through these different social networks. You can reach out to them and The worst thing that would happen was they they would say, sorry, I'm busy. I can't do it. But at least you tried, right? That's right. But I like this, Kimmy, I think this is great. Making a list of 10, reach out to two in the next week. And then what do you want them to do from there?
0: Well, you reach out to two of them the next week and ask them to either interview them if you have a podcast, ask them to come on your Twitter chat if you have one of those, ask them to talk to your community if you have a community, ask them how you can help them. That's another way you can go about that's that. That's so always flip, a good one. You can flip it the other way. If you already have a community that's kind of growing, it might be attractive to them. So that's good. But if you don't, like say you haven't started a community, you have nothing to do with that. Maybe you reach out to them and just watch them for a few days and see kind of what they're complaining about or what their concerns are and join. Or go into their community and be super helpful. At answer a bunch of questions of other people and see if they notice you, you know? And you can always say, hey, you know, I've been hanging out in your community for a couple of weeks. And I really, this is something I've noticed. Or say you catch something on their website that needs to be fixed. Tell them about it. You know, Hey, I found this really, this link, it was broken and here's the URL. And you know, you probably want to fix that. Right. And they are always super happy when you do that. They really are.
1: Yeah. Love it a lot. And reach out to us on Twitter at KimmyChat at Madeline Sklar. You can also reach us at communities at convert.com. We want to hear from you. We're, we're listening.
0: We are. Um, I'm sorry. I was listening. You guys couldn't see that. Could you? Anyway, I was listening. Yeah, yeah, no, I really want to hear from you guys. And we'd love it if you just reach out to us and let us know what you think. And definitely leave us any kind of feedback on iTunes or especially iTunes, because on iTunes, it really does matter whether we get reviews or not. So, you know, please leave a review on iTunes if you have one, even if you have a constructive criticism we're hearing.
1: We hear you. So, Yeah, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us your attention today. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, see you next week.
1: Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R and also to Cammie. Her Twitter handle is at Cammie and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cammy Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammy through their website at CommunitiesThatConvert.com